What's up, everybody? Welcome to Full Draw Friday, episode number 30. Today, I'm going to be talking about an article in the recent North American Whitetail that just came out. It's called The Power of Observation Stands, and it's by John Kirby. So we're going to go over that. I think it's a thing that you don't think about a whole lot. Sometimes stands just become observation stands as opposed to actually picking places uh, specifically for that purpose. So we'll get into that here on episode number 30 of Full Draw Friday. As always, I'm going to skip around quite a bit. I'm going to miss basically the middle section of this article. So always recommend you guys pick up the magazine or the digital uh, copy of it and read the whole article and all the other good stuff that's in here in North American Whitetail. And we don't get paid by them to say that. I just think there's a lot of good stuff in here. We talked about it with Clint when he was on the regular episode. It's a really good resource for some good information. So getting into the article, he starts out with saying, whether you're studying a bean field buck in the summer or trying to learn as much as you can during an out-of-state hunt, observation stands are a great way to gather intel. Observation stands can be powerful tools. They allow hunters to locate, pinpoint, and ambush a target animal and can provide invaluable intelligence. Observation stands have informed me of a buck's presence that I previously was totally unaware of, and they've guided me precisely to a target animal's final resting place. I've used these stands in the early season, late season, and off-season during both mornings and evenings. I've even observed in the middle of the day from a tree 20 foot up in a floating boat and under an interstate bridge. But some of my best observation stand, observations did not happen in a tree stand. Of my top 10 best observation sits, about half were spent in a clump of weeds, hunkered down in a sinkhole or a riverbed. The possibilities for quality observation stand locations are endless. And then he goes on. I'm going to skip all the way to the closing of the article, his conclusion for it. He says, Observation stands without sightings of a target whitetail are also valuable. Part of the equation is eliminating ground, too. Inactivity during an observation stand can warn us of pattern shifts and confirm or eliminate trail camera malfunctions. As whitetail hunters... Sometimes silver linings are the best we can hope for, after all. One common denominator of almost every good deer hunter I know is optimism. Observation stands provide hard, valid, and current data about the activity and animal movement on your hunting ground. With all that said, I'm certainly not advocating against trail camera usage. Quite the opposite, actually. I encourage folks to combine the two along with scouting and any other knowledge-gathering tactic that is legal, ethical, and moral. So... Obviously, we're not talking about taking the place of any other scouting or using trail cameras, but why not give yourself every advantage you can? We talk about that a lot. The deer have all kinds of advantages of being out there in the wild 365 days a year, so they know what's going on. We need all the help we can get most of the time. Even the most successful hunters are killing two bucks a year. You know, it's the, the odds are stacked against you. And sometimes you strike out and you don't kill one. So why not use everything that's at your disposal? And one of those things is observation stands, like he mentioned, like he mentions there, uh, like he writes the article about. And it's one of those things that you can designate a stand that you thought was going to be in a good location and ended up being too far away or something like that as an observation stand. Uh, or maybe it's finding a spot like he was talking about in a riverbed or a clump of weeds or something that's just in a good spot where you can see 
that you kind of designate as that spot where you know you're going to go sit. It's one of those places you use on your borderline days or your bad days when you still want to go out there uh, and at least tell yourself you have some chance of killing something uh, when in reality you're out there just to see what's going on. But all that information is valuable like he talked about. So those are the the places we're talking about. And you can even, uh, if you have the resources to do it, you can set up stands in specific locations for this. And I would recommend doing that if you can, or at least finding spots where you can do this. So that way, on those days where you still want to go hunting, it gives you somewhere to go. Now, don't just pick a random tree, you know, because you can see the whole field. You still got to be smart about how you're going in and coming out so you don't want to be walking through somewhere the deer are uh, maybe going to be at any given time. But you want to have easy access and exit routes to it because, again, you don't have to get real deep back there to where close to bedding or something like that. This is going to be on those days where the deer, you know, there may be not, maybe it's just a day where the wind's not right to hunt your best stand. So set this up where you can see your best stand and then you'll be able to see what's going on. Make sure that the wind is good for it. You know, you don't want it blowing towards that stand, obviously. So make sure you're on the downwind side of maybe that stand that you want to observe what's going on around it or that area where the deer you think are going to be. Set it up that way so you can go hunt it on those different winds. And then if the wind's right and the weather's right, that's when you go in there and hunt those good spots where you have a higher chance of killing that deer. Now, this is not to say you can't kill a deer from an observation sit. It happens all the time, especially on deer that maybe you don't know are there uh, that just happen to be using the property a different way. Or it's just one of those flukes where, for whatever reason, he was coming through uh, that area where he doesn't normally at. Uh, that could be him following doe in November, or it could be something that changed in the early season. Maybe he's going to find a new water source or a different food source. Maybe uh, something changed in the local agriculture. If someone cut beans or, or shelled corn, and it's changed them a little bit. And that's all stuff that you're going to be able to figure out from those observation sits as well that you might not be able to tell uh, just from your trail cameras. So we've all had it happen where you have a trail camera, and let's say it's really hot in October. That camera is for like the first two weeks, and then it just goes dead. Where You're wondering why that happened. Uh, maybe the farmers came in and did something. Maybe the weather patterns uh, caused them uh, to shift. That lull, obviously, there in the middle of October has something to do with it. But if you go in there and you can sit in an observation sit, and now you see that, okay, these deer are still moving similar, they're just not going in front of this camera. So you still want to maybe go hunt that area, uh, whereas you, you figured that out because your observation sit, whereas if you were just going based off your camera, you might not have known that, you might miss out just because you didn't have pictures on that camera. So it's just another tool that you can use. Again, you don't want to be very intrusive with it, you want to, you know, walk lightly in and out of there and keep it somewhere where it's easy to get to a uh, really low likelihood that you're going to spook deer because that would just uh, kind of negate, negate the purpose of the whole thing. So I think these observation sits are really important uh, to being successful. And again, it's just another tool at your disposal that you might as well use. And again, it doesn't have to be even a stand. You don't have to spend the money or waste a stand. Maybe if you only have a, a finite amount of resources, you can just go sit underneath a tree. Uh, maybe there's a cedar tree or a pine tree. Uh, maybe there's just a, a pretty good weed patch that you can go sit down in, and you're not necessarily worrying about having to get drawn on a buck or something. You're just out there essentially scouting uh, in season. And yes, this is something you can do you know, before season as well or even after season to start off your, your winter scouting. So all this stuff goes into a good observation stand and a good observation sit. 
And a lot of times, uh, that's what we end up doing in, in October anyway. If you don't have a buck specifically patterned in the early season where you're just not seeing what you think you need to see, you still want to get out there in the woods, give yourself some sort of chance, at least you can go out there, have a place to sit, and know that you're being productive. It's not just a, a blind sit in the woods. Well, I'm just going to go sit in a tree for two hours and, and not be with, you know, stay away from the wife so I don't have to listen to her nagging me. Uh, just go be outdoors, which, hey, if that's your thing, that's fine. But you know you're at least still being productive in that you're gathering intel on a potential target buck uh, that you know about, or like he mentioned, John mentioned in his article, maybe even a buck you don't know about. It. So keep that in mind when you're setting your stands up here uh, as we get closer to the late summer. I know some of you guys are doing that in August and September. I generally try to do it sometime in that in that same time frame. So some people already have stand sit. Maybe it's something you think about adding to your property uh, or your strategy. So speaking of properties, if you guys want to do some of this own, this stuff on your own ground, uh, set observation stands, manage it, hunt it, all that, uh, you need to give our sponsor for Full Draw Friday a call. That's Rodney Hawkins. He grew up hunting and fishing in southern Illinois, and he's now putting that love for the outdoors into selling recreational properties as a land specialist with Midwest Farm and Land. If you haven't heard of those guys, they're not your average real estate company. They sold over $85 million worth of ground in 2022 alone. They've got agents like Rodney all over Illinois. They're really a local company with a national reach. For more info on them, on any ground that may be available, uh, if you want to list your property for sale, maybe you're looking to upgrade or just get out of it or downgrade or whatever it is, you can contact Rodney directly at 618-925-3153. He'll get you taken care of, whatever it is you need. He's also recently started a company called RG Outdoors. Right now they've got soft-sided blinds and blind chairs and hard-sided blinds, all from Radix Blinds, in addition to an all-natural scent elimination product called Camo Dust. They've also got burn self-defense weapons and Tacticam trail cameras. Uh, as for the blinds, Nate actually spent a lot of time in one of the soft-sided Radix Blinds this season. He was more than happy with how that worked for him. Of course, the other great products you guys have heard of, Tacticam, uh, Camo Dust is kind of a new one. He'll get you any info on that. Um, if you're interested in anything they do have or just want to keep up with what new products they got coming, because he's all the time working on getting new stuff in there at RG Outdoors, you can follow them on Facebook, send them a message through that page. That's RG Outdoors. You can email them at rgoutdoors at yahoo.com, or again, just call Rodney directly at 618-925-3153. Guys, if you do all that stuff, you're going to help support the podcast. We really appreciate that. Just make sure you let them know that we sent you over there. Tell them you heard about them on the Ridge Hunter Outdoors podcast. You can also follow our socials. Uh, that's Ridge Hunter Outdoors on Facebook and Instagram. We have a Facebook group now called RHO Podcast Patrons for everybody who listens, where we'll kind of keep you guys updated on what's going on, give you a chance to have some input in the podcast and all that kind of stuff. Also, the website, ridgehunteroutdoors.com. Anything you see on there, you want to use the discount code FULLDRAW for 10% off if you're interested there. And then follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, leave us reviews there, and then the YouTube channel, subscribe to that, like and comment on any of the videos. That video from Jeff's property is still coming, I promise. I just haven't had time to get to it yet. So I'm going to make that, hopefully, a priority this weekend. So we appreciate you guys listening. Let's get into the weekend now. We're another week closer to the deer season. Don't forget to tune in on Monday. See ya.